Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Bella Hoodman's Curse. I, as always, am your host, Steve Sutherland, alongside Julian Amarante, coming to you today on a Saturday instead of a Sunday, uh, which means we're going to be, we'll have some of the matches a little bit fresher uh, in our ears and our eyes, but some matches haven't happened yet. So I guess, Julian, I'll jump to you quickly here first. Uh, anything stand out for you today? Yes, Chelsea beating Man City. That's, uh, I know we're going to get into that a little yeah. bit uh, when we jump into the Premier League. Statement win. Statement win. Uh, I would agree. Uh, for me, it has to be that the groups have been drawn for the for the Women's World Cup in 2019. That's going to happen in uh, in France this year. I think it's Or good. next year, I guess, yeah. That's going to be – well, in the summer. Yeah, in the summer. summer. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to be a, um, a great way to spend my summer. I think it'll be a wonderful tournament. Uh, and there is maybe even a chance that France could hold both the men's and women's World Cup coming out of this year. Wow. Wow. I didn't even think about that. You know, that, that makes sense. And, you know, that, that, that that's really saying because right now people will tell you that Paris is basically the biggest football factory in the world. I think I would agree to an extent, yeah. although I know you and I have some discussions that we're going to bring up when we talk about uh, Portugal a little bit later on. For sure. Um, so for today, pretty much the same thing we do with all of our review shows. We're going to break down, um, we're actually going to break down the big six leagues across uh, across Europe. So we'll go with the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga. But uh, this week, I know we've missed them for the past few uh, few shows, but we're also going to talk a little bit about Liga and uh, Primera in Portugal. We'll take a quick break at that point. When we come back, we're really going to dive into uh, the groups for uh, the Women's World Cup in 2019. So looking at uh, at the Premier League, we have a change at the top of the table. Liverpool now sitting on 42 points uh, with their big 4-0 win over Burnemouth today. Uh, huge result considering how well Burnemouth has played uh, the other teams in round the big uh, the big clubs. Um, but really, it comes down to Manchester City lost to a very good Chelsea team today. Yeah, um, and the comment I wanted to make was I actually thought that Liverpool was right for the picking to this weekend. I really believe that Burnhamth would would take some points from them, whether it be a draw or, or an upset. But because um, Liverpool seems to be kind of been in a bit of a slump, um, they you know it's a little low, but boy oh boy, did they ever make a statement today? You know, you know, bagging four goals away from home. Uh, I think I think and, they had something to say about about you know the fact that they're taking a lot of uh, beatings in the press. Well, Mohamed Salah especially, right? Yeah, he hit the hat trick today. Uh, yeah. Um, Tottenham plays a little bit later this uh, this afternoon um, against Leicester. However, let's uh, let's jump in. Arsenal wins again, so that's twenty one games in a row unbeaten. Well, it just keeps you know uh, you, you keep. This keeps, they grinded the result out today, which was... This keeps kind of like, you know, essentially uh, uh, v- validating your prediction. Uh, I mean, but they, when they win results, they get the results. And, I mean, the only thing that I would say that, that, that seems troublesome is that they've allowed 20 goals. And I would worry about that. But they're holding fourth place. Uh, Tottenham's got to get the victory today if they want to keep pace. And to be honest with you... Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that the, the Spurs players have been watching the, the results today. And if they don't get the performance, uh, this goes back to them being, quote-unquote, Spursy. Yeah, well, and then if we move, as we move further down, Manchester United pulled the result out today, 4-1. Now it's Fulham, but uh, it's probably the best 
uh, best I've seen them play all season. Yeah, I did it. Look, with United, I mean, I, I don't want to get into the soap opera, but let's let's be let's be honest here. This is this is a really inconsistent team, and yet they're still in sixth place, which is like you know fantastic. I mean, given given everything that they've gone through. Well, and you really you really look at it. The the big problem has been the draws. Like, sure, they've dropped four games, but Tottenham has also dropped four games. It's those five draws that have really yeah. really hurt them. Now those draws have come against Liverpool. They've come against Chelsea. Uh, and are so three of those draws are against teams that they're directly competing with. Yeah, but this is you know you got you got to take those points, um, and uh, they're not taking them. And uh, you know these are these are the points that are going to come back to haunt you uh, uh, towards the end of this season. Uh, look, uh, we've said it. Uh, Pogba has been kind of marginalized in the last couple of weeks. You know, um, I want to see what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if if he if when he plays he makes a difference, interesting. If he plays when he pl- and he plays bad, or if the team plays better with it without him there, I I don't see the reason why they shouldn't sell him in January for you know the, a good price. Of course, they can't let him go for nothing. Of course not. There's yeah. a lot of money that not only not only the money they spent, but the money that he generates for the yeah. club from his image rights. But yeah. it's becoming clear that the problems are basically twofold in terms of like you know maybe disruptions oh, I'd say in there. three threefold. But yeah, we that's can, that's we can, true. We yeah. can leave the. We'll leave it for some other time. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to talk about United uh, every week. Every week. Uh, moving down, Leicester with a statement win today, uh, sitting in tenth place, three-two uh, over Crystal Palace. Great result. Uh, well, able to hold on, uh, you know, man. My, I got a soft spot for them. I want to see them move up. Um, I'm also happy to see that Wolves turned around and, uh, you know, uh, got a character win. And I hope to goodness that uh, they continue. Yeah, well, and I think it'll be it'll be interesting. So Wolves play tomorrow, so it'll be it'll be good to see what happens there. Um, other than that. Uh, Bottom three still looks pretty similar with Huddersfield, Southampton, and Fulham all across the bottom. Uh, Southampton did bring in a new manager. Thank God it wasn't Sam Allardyce. Yeah, it's uh, about time. I mean, uh, this is this is the thing. And uh, like you know, I mean, I, that's why I was happy that Burnley won today. Uh, uh, you know, just to see this kind of notion of them kind of bringing up these younger English managers, right? Yeah. So I think overall, not a lot of surprises um, across England. Um, but it looks like things are starting. It looks like things are starting to tighten up again at the top and at the bottom. So yeah, but I want to say something about today's match because we watched the second half together, and uh, between Chelsea and Man City, and let's just be honest here. Uh, Sari put on a masterful tactical display, and the team played with a focus and an intensity that I've yet to see Chelsea play. And and uh, this will say something. I mean, you know, uh, that's that's what good coaching does. I mean, look at this guy. He he came in in the summertime. He didn't get the players he wanted. He's coached the system. Well, he got Jorginho. Well, I got Jorginho. But you know, like one player does not make a team. Uh, it may make a difference, but it does not make a team. And uh, he's coached this team, and they're way beyond what I think that they should be. In their project, they're probably about a year and a half ahead of where they should be. I think that Chelsea is going to be a, a stronger team in the years to come if they can keep 
this kind of style going. That's interesting because you saved some special praise for someone that you don't necessarily like. David Louise played David Louise, who I don't have much time for, uh, played a phenomenal game. And you today. predicted you actually predicted the second goal. Yeah, you, well, you, but, yeah, because I, he had to get up there. You can see he was he was just kind of inching in and inching in, and and you know. That's the other thing. They were taking advantage of a lot of set pieces today, which I think uh, we don't, uh, you know, we kind of underplayed the role of set pieces, but, you know, they, they matter. They matter, right? Um, I, I really want to say something, though, uh, about about the style of Sari. That diamond is really something special to watch when it works. And I think that he basically beat Pep at his own game because uh, you can see that City was really getting frustrated. They just could not. Penetrate defensively. Wow, Chelsea looked amazing today. Well, and I think the two goals also really speak to something that you had said, and we say weekly on on this podcast that that Manchester City is not as good defensively as their record says they are. Yeah, I, I mean it's because they get play this possession ball, but I think that when pressure is put on them, they don't defend well. They don't have very good defenders, and I think today that that that, that demonstrated uh, Sari basically punched a hole through the paper. However, I want to say something. I still think that City's going to run away with it. I don't think they're going to run away with it. I think it'll be close between two teams that are that are at the top of the table. I think now this is the Christmas break. It looks like David Silva might have went off injured, yeah. and if, if that's the case, then City's going. City's deep. But to handle the the loss of Silva, De Bruyne, and Kuhn. That's tough. They, yeah. they might find it a little and bit more that, With their focus, and, and if those guys stay out into February, you know that, that I actually think that uh, Manchester City's priority this year is the Champions League. Uh, however, after today, they better reevaluate. Yeah, they come up against a yeah. very strong Juve side at some point. Yeah, exactly. Well, we, we've seen what even Leon can do to them, right? For sure. So, uh, moving on, uh, Julian, you want to take us into La Liga? Well, there's not much to say here other than the fact that Sevilla is, is uh, confounding all of the um, uh, pundits by staying in the game. The, uh, they beat Alavés this week. Atletico. Uh, sorry, Sevilla's playing uh, Valencia. My mistake. Today. Okay. Alavés is still there with 24. I, I keep saying I, 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 I'm waiting for them to slip. But I think that, look, if you look at the table, I think we're going to have, by the time Christmas is over, I think you're going to see Barcelona, Sevilla, Atlético Madrid, and Real Madrid all basically inside of each other. Um, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that Atlético is at 28 points still with Barcelona and uh, um, uh, with Sevilla. However, Barca's got the game in hand. Um, Which is the derby today. Yeah. Against uh, Espanol, I, 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 I listen. I'm sorry. I know derby matches are usually tight, but Espanol has played them very well the last few years. Yeah, so. but that listen. If, if I'm a Barca fan, I expect to win here. We, I, I would. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm though. I gotta say, you know, uh, Atlético kind of disappoints me in the sense that they're not taking advantage of the fact. Like this is a season where Barca and Real Madrid are not as strong as they normally would be. Well, do you th- does it speak to the fact that Atletico did have a fair amount of players make it rather deep in the World Cup in comparison to other teams? Right? Yeah, that, that that's always an issue. In especially the, your two, cent- you had your two center backs 
with your wife make yeah. it fairly deep. And Greetsman supposed to be the talisman of this. Uh, agreed. I mean, but that's always that's always uh, always happens in the year after the World Cup, right? You you start to see teams, but you know there there's a there's a been a boon in uh, the La Liga in terms of money, and, and when the money was redistributed, a lot of teams made some smart purchases, mm -hmm. and and the teams that actually made the purchases, it's hilarious. They're all the little provincial sides like Getafe, Levante, Girona, uh, Ibar. And uh, you know they've taken they've taken the scalps, you know to, uh, they've won some big games against some big oppositions, and I think that um, maybe this is going to persist. Maybe it's not, I, but uh, I, I let, let's judge after the Christmas break. You know. Yeah. Again, I think that that's totally fair. Move on to uh, to Syria, or as you like to call it, Juve and everybody else. Yeah, it's just. Uh, Last night's game, I I, I got to say, disappointed. Inter, uh, okay, fine. It was one nothing. It was pretty tight. But, you know, no guts, no glory. And Inter just does not have that right now. Maybe they will, but they don't have it right now. You know, just seems to be benign uh, football. I mean, Napoli destroyed Frozenone, but that should happen. Uh, but Inter, me, Inter um, my Milan, Roma. Roma got held today. Yeah, they they just look all like benign teams. Uh, to be honest with you, I I, I would enjoy uh, watching Atlanta play Parma or, or you know, the game that's going to go on this afternoon between Lazio and Sampdoria. I would be more interested in watching those matches than watching the top four play because aside from Napoli, Napoli's been playing some interesting football, but they just seem like it's some really benign. I mean, it's good football. I mean, it's really good to see Italian football going up, but it's just benign results. Like, you know, Milan winning here, winning there. Like, I expect them to win these matches, right? That's fair. Um, looking at this, though, uh, Cagliari, like, let's see this. Like, so Cagliari drew Roma today, 1 1. Yeah. Eight draws. But uh, something that you were, you were pointing out here really was um, something that you pointed out today as well was um, was something to do with Balotelli. So we've really talked about Balotelli a lot, and we're going to come back to Cagliari in a minute, but I want to yeah. bring up this Balotelli thing because it's rather important. So his contract's running up at Nice. He hasn't there, scored a goal. Yeah, and there were rumors of him coming to Milan, but that's pretty much been completely yeah. shut down. Leonardo and Maldini basically said they're done with that. But, you know, look, uh, Balotelli uh, has, uh, has really... Um, taken a dive um, in many ways. I, I I feel bad for the guy because he's been subjected to a lot of racist abuse wherever he's gone. And, um, but he doesn't help himself. And, uh, you know, showing up this year late. Uh, and not fit. And not fit. And, and now it's starting, like, you can really see that he's not pulling himself together. And I think Nice has kind of just had it with him. There was a big deal in the works that he was supposed to go to Olympic Marseille. And that didn't work. Uh, there was a lot of discussion that he was going to end up back in Italy. That's not happening. I hate to say it, but I think that this is it. You know, uh, this is the, Anto the Antonio Cassano story again, all over again. An extraordinary talent and uh, not really kind of living up to the potential that, that, that this person can. Yeah. Going back to Cagliari, you had some comments you wanted to make. Yeah, uh, this Nicolo Barella. Okay, there is a generation of footballers, Italian Football fans, be patient. 
Um, however, I think it's at least another four years till we see that we're really competitive. The young players that are coming out, and this Baro, uh, uh, Barella is really something. The kid um, that uh, Juventus is looking to sign from uh, Brescia, his name escapes me at the moment. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, he plays for Brescia in the second division. Uh, he's 18 years old. They're calling him the new Pirlo. Um uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm stuck for it. He's, he's got like, he's got like a funny name. We're looking it up. We're looking it up. Uh, you just give us a moment, Gerald. Oh, we just saw it back there. Go back to the table. Brescia. Yeah. So who is this player? Let's find it. Tonali. Sandro Tonali. Yes. There is there is a generation of midfielders that are coming up out of Italy that are phenomenal. The only thing that's missing is we don't have the big man striker. And uh, you know a lot of people are looking at Cutrone and Calabria out of Italy, out of uh, uh, Milan, but um, you know uh, we got Jorginho with his young guys, uh, and you know Mancini is he, he's doing some interesting things, but it's gonna yeah, be a while. It's gonna be a while. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on to the Bundesliga. We've got a couple things we want to talk about here. Yeah. Dortmund wins again today in the Riviera Derby. Beats, beats Schalke 2-1 with a, your boy. Your boy yeah. is, is is really making waves, yeah. man. So well, and it's funny because he left Manchester City, thank God, because it just would have been another player that could completely destroy Manchester United. Yeah. Uh Jaden Sancho sets uh sets a record in the Riviera Derby today, being the youngest player to score in that match for Borussia Dortmund uh in their history. Um, which means they move on still undefeated in the league, eleven wins, three draws. You think they'll do it? I just don't think Bayern looks good enough this year. Yeah, look, Bayern looks old and tired, and Dortmund looks young and full of piss and vinegar. And uh, the, the, the tactics, the, the, they're, they're, you, you have to say that Borussia Dortmund might be one of the most exciting teams in the world right now. Fun to watch, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there was the other thing we wanted to talk about today, which was Freiburg. Red Bull Leipzig losing 3-0 to Freiburg. Which is uh, Freiburg has a long history, and uh, it's good to see. It's good to see. Uh, what's what's the deal with uh, uh, your team, St. Pauli? Are they are they are, oh, they, are they still hanging on, man? Are so we've got our Bundesliga two update. We didn't do our Leeds update when we talked. About yeah, the we have to. League. We have to. They won again today, didn't they? Uh, Leeds did win today again, two one. We'll get uh, back to Leeds in a second, but let's talk about St. Pauli. St. Pauli is at fifth place. Fifth place, but did not play today, so they do have a game in hand. Uh, they are playing VFL Bochum on uh, yeah. on Monday. It's, it'll be a tough match. Definitely. Let's uh, go back. Let's go back to uh, – to, uh, to, uh, because I know we have some Leeds fans that listen to our pod, and uh, I have a theory about Leeds, Okay. Uh, and I just think that well, Norwich. Hey, somebody give Norwich some credit here. The Canaries are basically in first place, right? But everybody focuses on Leeds, um, only because of Bielsa and the magic he's doing it. But I have a theory, and my theory is that uh, I just listen. I just can't see these Leeds players making it to the end of the season without burning them out. But I think they'll. I think they'll. They'll gain promotion. The only thing is, as I think Bielsa should basically sell off 60% of his team. Because a lot of these players, they'll increase in value. He'll get good money for them. 
but they'll be burned out out of his system, and he's going to need new players. So bring in the new guys so that they can play his system and just, you know, and then we can see Leeds back in the top half of the table again, and everything will be back and right with the universe. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move to Portugal. Uh, table, Porto is really starting to kind of move away. away from everybody. Uh, Benfica down in fourth behind yeah. Braga. Um, we need we need we need to hear from Gio on this. Uh, at some point, we're going to have to bring him in and have a discussion about Portuguese football because I think right now Portuguese football is entering a zenith period. Look at the coaches, okay, and the players that they are producing for everybody. It is something that is amazing. Well, Wolves is practically a Portuguese national team at this point. At this point, for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Portuguese influence, you know, they talk about the Italian influence in Syria. Uh, there's a huge Portuguese influence in, uh, no, sorry, the Italian influence in uh, the premiership. There's a huge Portuguese influence in the premiership and also in the championship. And these guys, I mean, um, right now, uh, the only thing that's missing is, you know, that this, this kind of like football factory and football um, mania or that, you know, hasn't transferred to women's football, oddly enough. You know, I mean, it, it's kind of a, it's a little bit bizarre. But nonetheless, uh, disappointed in Benfica. Uh, but maybe that will change. Still a lot of soccer to be played. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, we're going to move on to Ligon, where uh, a number of matches today have been postponed. And rightfully so. There's some very ominous stuff happening in France right now, and I don't want to get into the political side of this, but what's happened in France could be the harbinger of things to come, okay? And I, I, I uh, got to hand it to them that, that football has not taken, how do I put it, um, you know, they've actually had enough sense to say, let's let's pull this back. And the riots have been very, very uh, ugly. The police presence has been very, very strong. And we know that supporters in France don't mess around. Uh, supporters clubs, they they have a strong history of, of, you know, some violence within the hooligans and the ultras. And maybe they, you know, it, it, maybe it was the right move to make. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um Interestingly enough, just a little bit of news that seems to keep coming up is PSG having to sell a bunch of players off because they're probably in violation of financial fair play. Um, rumors of, uh, well, first players that they're supposedly bringing in, uh, Aiden Hazard and uh, Frankie de Jong looks like he's actually going to turn down Barcelona and, and go to PSG instead, uh, one of the upcoming really Dutch starlets of, of football right now. Um, but in response to that, we're seeing reports that Liverpool is interested in purchasing Adrian Rabio. I think many people would be interested in purchasing Adrian Rabio. Yeah, one of the most overlooked players in, in, in the world right now. Uh, the fact that he doesn't make it didn't even make it into the national team for them speaks volumes. Yeah. Uh, and then Manchester United in for Neymar, apparently. Well, there's, you know, well, that would mean Mourinho has to leave. Like, yeah, but we we heard last week that you know there was rumors that that came out in two different sources that that United are looking to pry away Pochettino from from Tottenham. So I mean, like these are rumors, right? I mean, yeah. like, well, well, what are we? I mean, when when papers are signed, you know, sure. Interesting enough. So that wraps us up there for uh, for our trip across Europe. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to jump into the Women's World Cup. 
And we are back with, I think, something that we're, we're more excited about this upcoming World Cup than we were about the previous uh, Men's World Cup because it wasn't we didn't really enjoy that tournament. But I think we're both very excited for the upcoming Women's World Cup coming in next summer in France in 2019. Uh, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to break down the groups. We're going to go group by group. Yeah. We'll, we'll have little discussions there. So in Group A, uh, France, obviously, as hosts, sits A1. Um, with Korea Republic, Norway, and Nigeria uh, joining them in this uh, in this group, uh, strong teams um, with uh, France, Korea Republic, and Norway. Norway obviously hosting uh, has one of the well has the best women's player in the world right now, Ada Hegerberg. Yeah, and uh, you know that idiot had to go and ruin it uh, uh, by uh, making that ridiculous remark. Um, in this group, um, if I had to pick. Uh, I, I'd have to pick France and Norway, but um, you know I could see Korea, I could see South Korea and Nigeria it's bringing an upset. Yeah, I mean they're, they're not they're not pushovers. They're, they're, they 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 they've been to these tournaments before. They're starting to show, especially at the at the at the youth level, they're they're coming up. So well, I have a soft spot for Nigerian football yeah, in general. So this period, is yeah. So it, it, I mean, it's not going to be easy, but you know, I would I would have to pick France and, and Norway. I I would definitely agree with you on that. Moving on to to Group B, I think both of us are in agreement that this is probably the group of death. Yeah, the only thing I can say is, you know, I'm familiar very much with the German team, uh, the Spanish team, and the, the the Chinese team. However, I don't know anything about South Africa. So this is South Africa's first appearance in the tournament. So this is actually really cool. Um, There are five teams making their first ever appearance uh, at this. This 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 is refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it's very exciting. China obviously has a very deep and rich history of of women's football. Made it to the final in what ninety in the nineties. Yeah. Whatever. Um, And in the in the tournament, the the last tournament four years ago held in Canada, they sent a team that was like average age, like seventeen years old. Wow, four more years onto that of that's of maturity. Play. Yeah, they're going to be a very strong team. Germany historically has has been a very dominant team both in the men's and women's landscape of football. Um, but Spain, uh, Spain recently won the U seventeen Women's World Cup. They were finalists in the U twenty Women's World Cup. This could be a very uh, this could be a breakout tournament for them. So this is a, a difficult a difficult group. The only thing, the only thing I can see, you know, the rub against. I mean, again, I, I don't know very much about South Africa, and but the only rub against the, Chi- uh, uh, the Chinese national team is Spain. With, you know, with Spain, Germany, basically have seen. You know, we've seen the kind of evolution of football, uh, women's football in Europe, with tournaments, international tournaments at the club level. So you're starting to see the European countries, you know, begin to mature say, at a faster rate. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the league system is like in China, but, you know, this is why I think, you know, we're, we're kind of like siding with the Frances, the Norways, the Germans, and, and the Spains. It's not some kind of Eurocentric view. It's just that, you know, they have the resources and, you know, they're going – I mean, even the players from Nigeria and Korea are playing in Europe. You know, they have league, league structures, right? Uh, moving on to Group C, we have uh, Australia, Italy, Brazil, and Jamaica. Jamaica also making their first ever appearance in this tournament, and they ensured that Mexico, uh, despite you know their U17 finish, uh, the Mexicans uh, did not actually qualify for this tournament. 
Brazil looking for their first ever World Cup win and probably one of and they have probably the most famous women's player yeah. of all time with Marta. Although I, I, Marta can I couldn't carry it when she was out of prime, the team by herself. And I, I don't think she'll be able to do that now. There there are stu- just super players across the globe right now, you know. And uh, Australia has got to be a team. I mean, I think we said at the beginning of this, you know, when we were talking earlier, that there is what's the beautiful thing about this World Cup is that easily six teams could win this. Yeah. And Italy making their first appearance yeah. uh, in 20 years Yay. at this tournament. Italy's a very, very strong, you know, uh, athletic culture. And, uh, you know, it, it's great to see the Italian women there. However, I don't see them getting out of the group. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that the Jamaican team is going to be a real joy to watch. So they're the lowest – so the Jamaicans yeah. are the lowest ranked team in a tournament. Um, now, even ahead of Thailand. Yes. Wow. So it will be interesting. But, again, uh, Australia and Brazil have to be considered the favorites yeah, here. Yeah, the Matildas are strong, man. Like They could actually win this tournament. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Group D, uh, England, yeah. Scotland, yeah. Argentina, and Japan. I just want to say something here in, in, in the interest of full disclosure. Everybody's going to think that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a fan of Argentina. I'm actually a really big fan of the Japanese team. Uh, I actually consider that one of the greatest games that I've ever watched. Uh, the final between. The final between them and the United States. It was a fantastic game. That is what, that, that ranks in my top five matches that I've ever seen. And I've got a soft spot for the Japanese team because, you know what, they play really exciting football. They, they're, 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 they're technically astute, they're tactically aware, and they love to attack. You know? uh, England-Scotland being the first game yeah. to be played in this group. Scotland, this is actually their first appearance in this tournament yeah. as well. And I, I hate to say this, but I think that England's going to kill them because the English women's team is very, very strong. Well, the growth of the game. England England has been a little bit slow to, to kind of catch up to France and Germany. And Germany. And Sweden, but now that now they've like that game is grown exponentially. The twenty teams, they have two, they have they have more than twenty teams, but I would say twenty professional teams uh, thrown across to the top two divisions, and then there are uh, there's a third and fourth division below that. And the popularity is just uh, it's it's just increasing. Yeah, yeah, the English league is tremendous. Uh, Argentina still kind of growing. Yeah, probably not. I, I see Argentina in many ways. The Argentinian uh, national team, uh, women, very much resembling the Italian women team. Like it's it, it's the game. It, the culture is there. The culture is there for the men, but the culture is not there for the women. That's fair. And and this is maybe you know also the the discussion we were talking about earlier with Portugal. You know, uh, it doesn't seem to translate, and you know, shame on them. To be honest with you, uh, England and Japan to go through in this group toss up between yeah. who goes. It'll be a very good game between the two of them to decide Dude, who goes through. I just want you to know that I'm I, I'm falling for Japan in this whole yeah. tournament. Uh, I think England uh, England very well could win this tournament as well. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Group E, and obviously we're going to give some credit here. So we have Canada, Cameroon, New Zealand, and uh, the Netherlands. Uh, Canada coming off another what a third place finish in the in the in the Olympics. It'll be we good. I think there's a good there's a good team here. Uh, Cameroon is a bit of an unknown quantity. New Zealand has a has a bit of a growing history. You know we've you know Canada played New Zealand in the semifinals of the U17 Women's World Cup where they were knocked out, and the Netherlands are are European champions right now. 
Yeah, listen, I, I got to be honest. With you. The Netherlands, they're head and shoulders above everybody in this group. They should qualify easily. But there's no reason that Canada shouldn't qualify either. I mean, the Canadians, we have tradition in this tournament. Uh, we've gone deep into this tournament. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we continuously produce some good soccer players. So I think your concern with Canada is probably, one, losing the coach. Big time. And, two, a bit of an aging squad now. Yeah. I, I want to say that uh, Canada's coach was probably among one of the best women's coaches ever. Now we'll see if he yeah. can translate it to the, to the men's the side, John Herdman. Um, but it'll be interesting because Janine – so interesting stat for people who follow Canada and, you know, the one or two people who think Manchester City is good. So – Manchester City's women's team is top of the table in uh, in the first division in England. Um, led, well, I don't want to say led by, but one of their foremost strikers uh, is Janine Becky, who's actually a, a Canadian striker playing for uh, for them right now and, and playing rather well. Canadians, a lot of Canadians playing their club football in uh, the younger generation, playing their club football in Europe. Yeah, Kadisha. You know, I know one of your favorite players for Canada, Kadisha Buchanan, the the just absolute destroyer in the the center back in the in the back. Well, listen, I just want to say one thing. Uh, for me, I, I'm still recovering over the, the Olympic loss against the Americans. Uh, we were robbed, uh, totally robbed by some horrible referee. And I hope one day, you know, that the balance will be restored. I'd love to see Canada just surprise a lot of people, but. I don't know, man. It's a tough tournament. I mean, if they make it to the quarterfinals... Anything can happen. Yeah. And uh, I think that's success if they make it to the quarters. Uh, and then lastly, Group F, uh, USA, Thailand, Chile, and Sweden. Chile Chile, and Thailand probably not going to get much love. Um, USA and Sweden have a, have a, actually a rich history in group stages in this tournament. I think they've met six times previously. Would it, would it be safe to say that they've become international rivals? I think I think it's fair because they've shared managers previously. Yeah. So there's there's a uh, yeah I, I would agree with that. But like I would also say that the, the Americans uh, like they they they're, they're just they're they're a powerhouse. Uh, they have extraordinary players. Um, I must say that uh, uh, the the their victory in the last World Cup ranks among one of the best performances ever in a final. Um keep forgetting her name. The keeper? No. Not, or not the striker, Alex Morgan? Morgan. What did she score? Like four goals in that final and one from half, if I remember correctly. I don't think it was in that. It wasn't in the final. It was in the final. I, I, uh, I Morgan didn't score four goals in that one. You're thinking of the, the striker who retired. No, my friend. I remember this like as if it, that ranks among one of the greatest individual performances ever. Okay. Well, we'll have to come, we'll come back with that yeah. on, uh, yeah. in our next review show and yeah. we'll see, we'll see who was right. But I agree. Alex Morgan is probably the best women's player in the world, right? Despite not winning the Ballon d'Or, but yeah. she's, she's had some yeah. injury issues over the past couple of years uh, and is actually a star in, uh, in the, FIFA 2019 video game. Yeah. Uh, well, what's amazing is that team has got the American team has got the, the, the perfect mix of youth and and experience yeah. and experience. So, but the Swedes, Swedes are, have, have been perennial powerhouses, and uh, that, that that hasn't and changed. They know how to shut the Americans down. Yeah. So, it. I mean, look, like I said, actually, like there, each group has a team that could win uh, this tournament. Okay. Uh, I, I, so I would even say like some two some groups have some two teams. Two. Yeah, let's be honest here, okay? Like I, I said five or six, but in fact it's probably eight or ten 
This is going to be an extraordinary tournament, and I can't wait to be doing pods about it this summer. It's uh, it's going to be a great one. I'm going to ask you, though. I'm not going to ask you who's going to win because you've said there's about eight to ten teams you think could win. But what do you th- disregard group permutations and who goes into what in the bracket? What two teams do you think you would see in the final here? Yeah, uh, USA, England. I think that's I think that's fair. I uh, I probably won't deviate from that. To be honest yeah. with you, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see USA versus England uh, in the final either. Yeah. Um, so normally that would uh, you usually that wraps us up uh, for anything, but as always, we have our question of the week. Anyway. Well, before that, I just want you to know that I will not be watching the Copa Libertadores final. I am protesting. Even though my beloved Boca is in the final against my our hated rivals River, I will not be watching it today because the game is in the Bernabeu, and I just think that this is wrong. No, will you celebrate if Boca wins? Uh, I don't know. I, quietly, I, yeah, probably very quietly. Yeah, it's probably uh, good advice, actually. And then last, and then other than that, Port, you have uh, Portland. And oh, that's tonight. Atlanta that's right. Is also tonight. Totally forgot that Portland versus Atlanta. That's going to be a good match. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm going with Atlanta, but yeah. I think I think you. you, you I, I think I, I think Portland. Portland look, you know, look, man. Remember what happened to Toronto against Seattle, right? I mean, uh, that's all. I, you know, that could happen again. And uh, 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 as a matter of fact, I think Steve and I are going to be at the same function this evening. And we'll be on our phones the entire time. Yeah, because there won't be a TV in the game, and we'll probably get flack for it. But. Um, um, Portland, that being said, if Portland wins, it'll actually be their second championship in four years. Yeah, then they got to be considered one of the great teams in the MLS. I, I, I would completely agree. So what I'm going to do now is pose another question of the week to you. So normally we do our little you know, discussion, what was the worst? So last week we talked about worst tackles and, and I think, what was it, best derbies? Yeah, or best or rivalries. Best rivalries. Um, so this this week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you um, – Kind of a kind of a different question, um, and it's it's more, and, and you're going to have super difficulty with this. So you can you can have any formation you want. I'm giving you any formation <laughs> that you want. Yeah. Pick your pick your eleven. Start oh my, with the, am I eleven? Pick your eleven. I can't give you that answer. That's the, I will be here for we'll be here for another another three hours. Off the top of my head. Okay, then you know what? We'll 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 do. We'll probably end up doing a show. Well, you, you, want, you, want, you know what? I'll give you one spontaneously. I, I'm just gonna go with a four four two. Okay. okay. I, if you, I thought you were gonna ask me for my formations, right? And my formation would have been a five three two with the wing backs going up and down. But I, I'll I'll do my eleven, and I'll do it off the top of my head, and I'll do just my favorite players, not ones that I think were great players okay? or players that would play well together. Well, I mean, that that's for everybody else to decide, okay? okay. Uh, and for you to say. But I'll give you the ones off the top of my head. Goaltender, Dino Zoff, okay? Won us a World Cup for Italy and just, you know, in his 40s. Uh, on the right back, I put Cafu, okay? In uh, the two center defenders, I would have uh, essentially Maldini and Baresi, okay? On the left, ooh, Roberto Carlos, I think, uh, even though I, I, I think not a he's, fan, but yeah, yeah. I, I think he's overrated. But I'd still put Roberto Carlos in my midfield. 
Now, is your four just like a straight four? So like a yeah. left, center, no, but I'll, center I'll, right? I'll, yeah, I'll put some wingers in here. But I mean, okay. like, again, I'm just doing this off the top of yep. my head. Um, I, I would have to put uh, 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 Fernando Redondo as one of the center midfielders. Bocchini, uh, the uh, the great uh, um, uh, Independiente midfielder there. Uh, on, on, the, on the flanks... Uh, Bruno Conte on one flank from uh, from the '82 team. I think he was one of the greatest wingers I ever saw. Uh, Ronaldo, okay, Not, uh, Cristiano, okay. My strikers, Baggio and Maradona. We probably wouldn't win anything. <laughs> but these are the these are like you know because these guys just would not play well with each other at all. But these are just my like the guys off the top of my head, you know. Fair enough. I'll give you – you'll get my 11 next time. Okay, good stuff. Because we don't want to go uh, too much further. So uh, thanks again for listening in. Uh, remember, you can find us now on Twitter as well as our new Facebook page. So please check those out to keep up with uh, keep up with everything that's going on with the podcast. Um, we will actually uh, – we'll have one more podcast coming out for you this year. Um, but after that, we'll be taking a break. So please uh, enjoy your Christmas breaks. Or your holiday breaks. Um, yeah, be I'm- be responsible. Uh, be safe. Enjoy time with your loved ones. Enjoy the football that will be played over the breaks. Um, Julian, do you have anything you want to add to everybody? Yeah, I hate Christmas. <laughs> okay, but uh, I, uh, I I wish everybody a happy holiday, and I hope you enjoy yourself. I plan to enjoy myself. I may go check out FC Morecambe over uh, just outside of Lancaster. Uh, a non-league team, and I think the the game that I will be seeing is they'll be playing Tremere Rovers. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll, it'll be fun. Enjoy it. Uh, I'll be I'll be just watching matches on TV. Let's face it. There's no <laughs> Christmas break in England yet, so yeah. I'll be I'll be watching those matches as, or at least as as least as many as uh, as I'm able to. So uh, for for both of us, uh, again, please uh, please enjoy your holidays. Um, and, and that's it for us today. Thanks.